This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So who is your favorite Bible author? What I mean by that is when we open up the Bible, we have 66 different books, right? And each one of them are authored by a human person guided along, as the Scripture says, by the Holy Spirit. So yes, the Holy Spirit is the author, but but it went through human beings. Well, we're looking at Luke. And the reason Luke is interesting is because Luke was a doctor, and Luke was also really interested in getting the facts straight. He really felt like it was important that we get the right facts. And this is something you need to know, because a lot of people believe that the information that we have in the Bible is questionable. Luke has been evaluated again and again and again throughout history. There were people that have wrote whole books. They wrote books that that claim that Luke is wrong. There's no historical evidence for that. And then years later, we find out that they were wrong, that Luke was right. Luke has never been proved wrong about a location, not about any information from his time period. He's always gotten it right. What does that mean? When Luke says, this is a trustworthy account, it is a trustworthy account. You and I can rely on the Word of God. So today, we're looking at how he went through this process to give you the gospel of Jesus Christ in its historical context. It's exciting. Listen to the Word of God and how it's real and how it will help you and I grow spiritually. Let's be more like Luke. Luke, he didn't grow up in a Jewish home. He didn't grow up in the hill country of Judea like the other disciples did. He grew up in Antioch in Syria. And he was writing this with the fresh eyes of someone who didn't know the context. And so he paints this beautiful, I mean, Luke, when you, when you read the Gospel of Luke, joy comes up all the time. Angels are everywhere. Because Luke had this unbelievable fascination with the people and the surroundings and everything about it because this was a new world for him. He grew up in the Greek culture. He grew up in a world that was brutal and evil and self-centered. And the gods that he knew about were gods that were vengeful and angry and mean. And then one day, he meets Paul and a team of missionaries from Jerusalem, and he finds out about a God born in a manger. And they said, he's the savior of the whole world. And so when, when Luke paints this picture, it's not just for a Jewish world, it's for all humanity, it's for everyone. Throughout Luke's uh, gospel and the book of Acts that he also writes, he keeps using this this ancient Greek word, sozo, which means to save or to, to preserve or to make whole. It's really interesting because the word sozo 
carries with it a similar idea to the Hebrew word of peace, to make you whole. And, and he wasn't a Hebrew speaker, so he doesn't use the word shalom. He uses the word sozo everywhere. It's like, it's like his salt and pepper on every incident because he wants you to know God loves you and he wants to, he wants to make you whole. He wants to, to preserve life, not take it away. He wants to give and he wants to bless you. And that's the mindset that Luke has. It's powerful. It's energetic. It's, it's loving and joy-filled and kind. See, Luke, he was, a, he was a doctor in the ancient world. And he saw the brutality of medicine. you got to realize, in his age of medicine, there was no antibiotics. He had no ability to, to really help you. He could, oh man, he could hold your hand and he could love you and he could make a few suggestions, but, but most of the medicine that they had at that time was still very, very rudimentary. I mean, he would love, he would love to have the first aid kit you've got at your house. Oh man, so, some Neosporin? Ah, oh, that would have blown his mind. In the ancient world, when you went to the doctor, you didn't have a good chance. And so as he begins to paint the picture of Jesus, he sees someone as so much better than the doctor of the ancient world. Because see, Jesus, he had the ability to change not just your physical condition, but he could heal your soul. He could change the course of your life. He could, he could give you hope for your sin, for those bad habits that keep tearing you down and taking you back in that spiral. See, that's the Jesus that Luke heard about. He heard about it and he put it in his gospel. He said that the, the religious leaders of his day were complaining about Jesus because he's giving people all this hope, you know. He's hanging out with sinners, you know. People that drink and smoke and dance and run around, you know, and they're complaining. Look what it says here. It's in Luke chapter 5, 31. It says, Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. See, the doctoring that Jesus brings to your life is more than just a physical touch, but please know this. We have people in this place, we have people in this room right now with you that are alive today because of a physical touch from God. A doctor gave them a, a diagnosis of cancer and death and the end of life, and Jesus showed up. But more than that, more than that, the majority of us in this room, we've known the Jesus that heals the broken places in our soul and gives us the courage to continue to deal with our foibles, our faults, and that old nature that really tries to rise up and have its way with us still to this day. We're far from perfect. Like Peter and, and Martha, we know Jesus, but where he's not done with us yet. You know, Martha, she was the one that was so worried about the party details that she missed Jesus. And Peter, he was so, he was so busy being a follower, that he lost sight of who he was following and he struck a man with a sword. See, you and I, we need a healer. 
Luke speaks of healing the most of all the gospel writers. He has more accounts of people being healed, but he doesn't limit healing just to physical healing. He talks about a healing that can impact your soul, cleanse your sins, and give you new life. Powerful picture. We know he's a doctor because in the book of Colossians, Paul speaks of him. Paul's writing the church at Colossae, and he says, my team greets you. And he starts listing off all the people on the team. And in the midst of that greeting, he says, our dear friend Luke the doctor and Demas send you greetings. Now, why is that important? Because in Luke's mind of what it meant to be a Christ follower, it's not a, a single individual that's following God. It's a team of us. We're all working at this together. We're doing life together. We're sharing life. We're sharing Jesus. And we've we're all rolling up our sleeves. So how did, how did Luke become a part of the team? Well, it's an interesting story. It says that, that Paul, and he had a team with him at the time. He was part of the team that Barnabas took out. He was part of the team, but somehow in the process, Paul becomes the lead in the team. John Mark is with him, and they make their way to a city called Antioch. Because see, that's where Luke was from. And in Antioch, they experience a revival. That revival is still impacting your and my life to this day because it was in Antioch that those that followed Jesus were forced, first called Christians. Please know this. It wasn't a compliment. They thought we were crazy. Believing that God would come in the human form and be a Messiah, a a Christ to save the world. That's crazy. Those Christians are meeting over there. And you and I both know there are still people who feel that way about us to this day. That's okay. It was in that culture, in that city, in Antioch, that Luke first heard the good news of Jesus. And like you and like me, at first he was just a listener. He listened to the gospel and he absorbed it and he began to take it in. Word about all these new Christians that Paul was reaching made its way back to Jerusalem. And they recalled him. They said, Paul, you need to come back. There are too many Gentiles coming to know Christ. And then they have this council in Jerusalem. If you want to read about it, it's all right here. And Luke tells you the story. It's in the book of Acts. And in Acts 15, 16, and 17, it outlines this, this unbelievable story. Paul gets recalled. He's brought before Peter and James, the brother of Jesus, and all the, the top dogs in Jerusalem, you know? And as he explains the story, they come to one conclusion. James, Jesus' brother, is the one that stands up and, and really seals the deal for him. He says, who are we? to make it difficult for the Gentiles to come into the kingdom of God. Who are we? The Jerusalem committee comes to the conclusion. They say, don't make it difficult for the Gentiles to enter the kingdom. All they need to know is that Jesus' blood on the cross is enough for them, that he died for them too. And if you're going to give them any instruction, tell them two things. One, don't eat food sacrificed to idols and do not uh, be involved in sexual immorality. Other than that, don't worry about all the laws. You need to know 
they had hundreds of laws. Some of the Jews had, had felt like they wanted to make sure that the law was really met, so they made laws beyond the laws to make sure you never got close to the laws so that they like build guardrails with guardrails outside the guardrails to protect you, all right? And they gave us two. Well, Paul takes their letter and he runs back to the mission field. He goes to every place he's already been and he says, Jerusalem says that your faith is just as valid as theirs. If you've called upon Jesus to be your savior, to be the Lord of your life, you're just as saved as a Jewish person who was born in a Jewish home, lived all their lives worshiping Yahweh, but you are just as good because you've believed on Jesus. Keep going in the faith. And on this trip, he has this ache. Paul has always got this ache. I know this ache. I feel this ache. He says there's one more place that needs to know about Jesus. There's more people that need to know about Jesus. And he's aching to go into Macedonia. And he's been praying. He's like, God, can we go to Macedonia? Please, God, we need to plant a church there. God, we need to reach the people of Macedonia. And God keeps saying to Paul, wait. A new young man comes on his team. His name is Timothy. Paul begins to prepare him as a disciple. And then it says right there in Acts chapter 16, Paul gets a vision. <laughs> and in this vision, he sees a Macedonian man saying, come, come on, come. Paul goes to the team and he says, guys, we got the green light. God says we can go to Macedonia. Huh. And suddenly the language changes in the book of Acts. And it goes from what Paul and Peter and James and John did. And suddenly it says, we. 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 That's my prayer for you. Hear this. It's my prayer for you that you would become part of the we part of the story. How you began to share what Jesus has done in your life and how you participated in the kingdom going out through you. That's my prayer for you. Luke was part of the early church mission team. He was an evangelist. He was probably educated like all the physicians for the 400 years prior to him on, on the proper methods of medicine. And like most physicians still to this day, he was probably pretty skeptical. When you tell a physician that you put on blue socks and it healed your cold, they're like, yeah, right. Prove it to me. That's the way Luke was when he heard the stories about Jesus. He saw the healed people. He saw the changed lives. And he just had to investigate it. He was a little bit skeptical. And can I say something? If you've been a little bit skeptical of God things, you make a great disciple. Ask your questions. I'm a little bit that way myself. He's the author of the book of Luke and Acts. You realize that he authored 25% of the New Testament. He was a fellow prisoner with Paul, so he wasn't just a hanger-on. He was not just a crowdie. He was fully committed. 
He was a Gentile, a Greek speaker, and a writer. He is the only Gentile to write part of the Bible. Now, why is that important? That's important because it pulls you and I in as Gentiles. It means we can be a part of the family. We're just as important. We're viable. But it also reminds you and I that our faith is rooted and established in a tradition that goes well beyond and deep into the Jewish history, and we can never take that lightly. Lastly, he was an adventurous soul of the ancient world. He was part of Paul's shipwreck on Malta. Imagine that. It tells us the story that they're on a ship on a ship and it's dashed to the shore and they Paul and his team are helping the Roman soldiers not drown. So they're like Baywatch of the Bible? I don't know. Sounds like a sounds like a sermon for youth group, doesn't it? And, and they're bringing them in and then they're building a fire, all right? And somehow a viper comes out and bites Paul. And, and everybody's like, he's going to die. He's going to die. We got a doctor there, Luke. Huh. He shakes it off, and they go on. And miraculously, Paul is alive. How can that be? We serve a different master. God had a different plan. People got saved through that. This is why you and I, like Luke, have to tell our testimony. We have to tell what we've seen. If you will tell your story, it will bring other people into the story. That's what he does for us. Listen to what it says in Luke 1. It says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things which you have been taught. How did that come about? Well, on one of these journeys with Paul that Luke was on, they go to Jerusalem. A riot breaks out because there are people that do not like Paul inviting all us Gentiles into the faith. He had done more to bring Gentiles into the Jewish tradition than anyone else. And let me tell you, it was stirring things up in Jerusalem. They arrest him. They carry him to Caesarea. At Caesarea is the city by the sea that Herod the Great built. I've taken several of you there. Many of you have traveled with me to, to Israel, and it's one of my favorite places to go to. Because Caesarea by the sea, it, it, it shows us where Paul was held in chains before the most excellent Felix. He was held there for two years. Right here is the foundation of the palace to Herod, that later Felix would have used as the governor of that region. It's one of the ways that we know that Paul was an accurate historian because he named the right people. And then we find these ancient governors on Stella and different things. Paul, 
Uh, his life is, is part of the ancient world, and Luke records it. And you know what's interesting? He's never, ever been found to be wrong. Now, for years, people used to say, we can't trust Luke. He gives us details that no one else gives. They're, they're, there's no way he's making this stuff up. And then you know what happens? Someone's walking along, and they dig up another piece of history. The next thing you know, Luke was right again. Right down to the quotations in the book of Isaiah that were found in the 1948. Let me tell you what. When Luke tells you the certainty of what he knows, this is what happened to him. This is the way I imagine it. Luke is there in Caesarea by the sea. Paul is in chains, his mentor. And he knows that he's headed to Rome and that Caesar is going to see him. And more than likely, it will be off with his head. What can I do? This man has changed my life. He has taught me about Jesus. He, he's told me that my life is valuable. My sisters and my mother and everyone that I know has been transformed by the truth of Jesus. And I would have never known it if it wasn't for Paul. And he is here. Luke is here in Caesarea. He is just miles from the hill country. He gets on a horse and he goes up in there and he says, I need to know, is the centurion, the centurion whose servant was healed, is he still alive? The woman by the well, I've got to know. And he went throughout the country investigating all those people. When you and I read the Christmas story, we read it from Luke, I believe with all my heart that Mary was still alive when Luke was there at Caesarea and he ventured up to Jerusalem and he sat with her and he said, you got to tell me, how does a woman give birth to a baby in a barn? That's why you know he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. It's also why he tells you the story of Jesus from all the women that gave birth. The birth of Jesus through through their mothers. Why? Why is that important? Because doctors know one thing for sure. He can say he's your daddy, but we know who mama is. <laughs> See, when you read Luke, you get someone who has a heart to know the truth and to make sure when you open it, wow, this is the way it really was. When I read it, when I read Luke now, I, I look at Luke and I'm like, he was like an investigative reporter. He was like Dateline. He was like CSI. He had to see it with his own eyes. He had to feel it. And you know what he does? He writes it down for you and I. Why? Because he wants you to know this is real. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. When we gather together like this every day, I think it's really important that we, we think about how are we inviting God into this situation. So every day, I want to take a little bit of a moment to pray to ask God to move in our world. There's so many people that need to come to know the Lord. So today, that's our focus. We're going to pray for peace and the salvation that only Christ Jesus can bring. Lord, I'm reminded of your word in John chapter 20, when after your resurrection, you met with the disciples. 
And you said to them, Peace be with you. You breathed on them and said, Peace be with you. Lord, that is when they were truly saved. Because you were resurrected. You had been glorified. You said that that, 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 that was the key thing. So Lord, today we are asking you to breathe on us. Some of us have never accepted you. Some of us have never prayed the prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Well, right now we, we say, yes, Lord, breathe on us. We receive your peace. We receive your forgiveness from sins. We declare that you are our Lord and our Savior, and we need that peace, Lord, that wholeness, that shalom that makes us whole and complete. Only the living God, only our Creator could do that for us. And Jesus, today we confess that you are our Savior. We have to admit that we are like Thomas. We've had some doubts. Well, today we receive your peace. Today we declare there's no longer any unsettled ground. Lord, we welcome you, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Life, the one who conquered death. You took the keys of hell and death. We welcome you to be our Savior. We welcome you. And Lord, we've prayed this prayer before, some of us, and some of us, this is our first time. It doesn't matter. Today, we're declaring that this is the day of our salvation. This is the day of our new life. Cause us to blossom, to grow in your peace. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Wow, that was so good. Didn't you enjoy that prayer? Well, would you like more help learning to pray? Then go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email and we'll give you our free prayer guide. It's an ebook. You can download it, you'll have it right there. And you can join us daily as we learn to pray. We ask God for great things. You know, it will change your life to pray daily. And we need your help, we need your support, your prayer support. So give us your email today at yournextstepnow.com. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. And it's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY. 1-833-38-STORY. Or visit wesslermedia.com. 
That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit WesslerMedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's WesslerMedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.